0: Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, a Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heart Work Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside marvelous women and men who who want a more heart-centered, spiritual life, but would like support along the way. Through online programs, a Facebook group, a heartwork community on Patreon, and one-on-one spiritual guidance, I walk with people on a contemplative and spiritual healing path that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being The throne of the holy trinity so that your life your prayer your relationships your dreams and goals most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart you can find out more about me and what god has led me to do in the world by visiting my website touchingthesunrise.com so let's start as we always do by reconnecting remembering refreshing. Take a deep breath directly into your heart and even deeper than your heart into that organ. The divine grace transforms with the presence, the light and the life of the Divine Trinity. With Teresa of Avila, we enter into this inner world as if we are entering a mansion or a castle. In the centermost room of the castle is silence, a pulsing dynamic call of love that can only come from the one who is love himself. We enter the castle through the doors from the outside and make our way gradually toward that inner sanctuary where God is and from where he is filling our entire being with this light. On the journey through the rooms, as we approach the center, we need to face our resistance, our weakness, our desires, our sin, our passions. Every time we see new things about our humanness, we become more open, more malleable, more godlike. So let your heart call out to your God. Let your thoughts melt and surrender to the work of the Spirit. Today, we're going to be talking about wandering. Wandering makes us think about regrets, wasted time. It makes us feel that we're not as good as we're supposed to be, that somehow we lost something along the way. We missed the mark. Wandering, though, is, is an important part of the journey. I remember my friend Gary, who is a police officer. He's also a dad, the proud father of five lovey girls. He is a husband, a son, a Catholic, a Christian, a 40-year-old, entering midlife. As a police officer, of course, he knows the law and how to enforce compliance with the law. But recently, he's found himself asking questions about things that are less tangible, less concrete, about his faith and about himself. For the first time, he finds himself wanting to understand why things are the way they are. He dares to express his own opinion. For him, it's a heady and disconcerting time. One morning, it was just after the death of St. John Paul II, I received an email from Gary. He wrote, the death of the Pope has made me go back to the beginning of my faith somewhat. The church can appear to be a huge machine traveling through time, but On that journey, it has made history. It's been history. And it will be history. We are all tied to it and to Jesus. It has left its footprint on the world and all peoples forever. I still wonder about all the people who came before the church, the thousands of years before the church. I still wonder about all the people who came before the church, the the thousands of years before Christ. I wonder how these people found God and how they worshiped and developed ideas about Him, how they incorporated these ideas into their daily life. I sometimes wish I could get away and become one with the earth, which was created first in an attempt to realign myself. This thought brought to mind how much we live according to the labels in our lives i we seem to construct ourselves according to the labels that are given to us by ourselves or by others we then live or act a certain way because it is expected of us i feel like i have spent so much time a certain way because i was supposed to be that way and that i have lost who i really am i have so many labels cop father husband catholic christian son and and everyone has expectations of how I should be, I have no idea what my label for me means anymore. There are times when I feel I haven't measured up to success because my house is not the biggest or the best, measured up to being Catholic because my children don't go to Catholic school or don't completely know the vocabulary of our faith. Or measured up to being a husband because I am so busy with things that my relationship with my wife suffers all of this weighs so heavily on me all the different personalities in our house seem to be leaning in different directions as I guess they should be as they grow and develop and I can't seem to gather them and put them in the direction I want or, to put it a better way, as I believe they should be going. See? I am doing it myself. Gary, like so many people today, is wandering. He watches a movie here, hears a comment there, asks a question somewhere else, trying to put it all together. Indeed, today a tremendous amount of information about almost everything is floating around. We have moved quickly from a culture rooted in a Judeo-Christian foundation to a rootless democratic hodgepodge that each person feels a right to navigate alone. Wandering can be a stage of life, a time of doubting or searching for a deeper understanding of what one has believed unconsciously for so long. However, wandering can also be a way of life an eclectic combining of curious and fascinating images and myths resulting in the creation of one's own belief system. When we look at the Old Testament, we can see that the Israelites themselves were struck with this wanderlust. The Book of the Prophet Hosea likens the Israelites' wandering from the worship of the Lord to the false worship of the gods of their neighbors in terms of a broken relationship that caused great suffering to the Lord. The beginning of the book offers a startling image. The prophet Hosea receives a command from the Lord to marry a prostitute. The Bible often uses human relationships, especially marriage, to symbolize God's relationship with his people. God loves his people as a husband loves his bride. And yet this deepest love of a man and a woman is but a shadow of the tremendous love that God has for us. The words leaping, bounding, and gazing, which describe the way God seeks us, from the insistent invitation to his loved one to arise and come away with him, express the intensity and the passion of this relationship initiated by God. Yet Hosea was commanded by the Lord to marry a prostitute, the prostitute Gomer, a woman who represented infidelity in a most intimate relationship. The prophet's marriage symbolized the, quote, quarrel that existed between Israel and the Lord. Israel had abandoned the Lord to worship the idols of the people who lived around them. The Lord considers Israel's worship of other gods prostitution, the breaking of a most intimate relationship, the refusal of an immense privilege. He says to his people who have wandered away to other gods, You are not my people and I am not your God." In the second chapter of Hosea, however, the Lord's heart overflows with the desire for reconciliation. And again, it is the Lord who takes the initiative. And these are words that we're so familiar with from Lent. Therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. From there I will give her vineyards and make the valley of achor a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. On that day, says the Lord, you will call me my husband, and I will take you for my wife forever. I will take you for my wife in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will take you for my wife in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. The Lord's love is totally gratuitous. Even though He knows Israel will still be unfaithful at times, the Lord wants to bring His people far from the false idols they are worshiping, to give them divine gifts. These gifts are justice, tenderness, fidelity, and righteousness. Israel, however, continued to break God's covenant of love. God states through the prophet Hosea, Your fidelity is like the morning dew. It does not last. In some of the most beautiful verses of the Old Testament, God cries out in pain. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. And then, how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come to wrath. Israel had to learn that religion is not about doing or believing the right thing. Religion is about revelation, who God reveals himself to be. In this revelation, and only in this revelation, could Israel truly know herself, When she wandered off to other gods, she no longer knew herself. Gary himself now is discovering this healing power of revelation. The revelation of God and Jesus is a call to a decision, a call to leave behind our own criteria and to make an act of faith. We believe that God meets us in Jesus. Jesus represents God in the world as the one who bestows life and reveals the Father. The church is the mystery of the body of Jesus. It stands wide open to us. But unlike other sociological institutions, the church's depths defy our sounding. This is the revelation God has made to us. We do not need to rely on unlucky guesses or profound insights. We only need to answer, to respond with belief. Belief finds its own equilibrium through ways that are often unseen. Incredibly, it is only in believing that we know who we truly are. We can stand taller than labels, Gary found. We can peel away the criticisms. We can stand taller than labels, as Gary said. We can peel away criticisms, and we can go beyond curiosity. And when we do so, we go to adoration. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself And remember that you are not alone, that you are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will find not only yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin, is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.